The Defense Department has plenty of challenges when it comes to adapting modern, agile software development practices. One of the biggest is the fact that DOD's budget is anything but agile. But Pentagon leaders think they've got a plan that'll convince Congress to change that. Ultimately, they're planning to create a brand new color of money just for software. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu is in San Diego, where Defense Undersecretary Ellen Lord outlined the plan to attendees at the annual West Conference this week. Jared, what did Ellen Lord exactly say? So essentially what they're going to do is they're going to pilot this approach first where there would be a single appropriation for software. That that appropriation from Congress does not yet exist, but there evidently have been at least some talks with the appropriators and staff on Capitol Hill to try this approach out. What they would do is pick nine systems under this pilot approach, and it would be a mix of what, what Lord calls software-intensive weapons systems, we don't know exactly what those are yet, and you know traditional big IT business systems. And, and they would get Congress's permission to apply this new, not yet created software appropriation to those systems, run those pilots for probably a few years under that, that funding approach, but hopefully before that few years runs out, they think they're going to have enough evidence to take back to Congress and show them hey, look, this, this, this fact that we don't have to go through a whole bunch of different budget activities, um, RDT&E, O&M, procurement, to, to actually get software done, really does let us go faster, let us operate more efficiently, and spend less money on, on, on building a new software capability. So it's going to be a really interesting approach. And it, it, you know, if, if it works, it may be one of those things that starts in DOD and spreads to the rest of government. Well, is she talking about a new color of money in terms of the programmatic standpoint or a new procurement system like OTA or something? No, it would not. It really wouldn't touch any of the acquisition rules. This would all operate within the existing rule set, which, by the way, is also changing. They're doing a big or have just done a big rewrite of the what they call the DOD 5000 series, the big instruction that, 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 that explains how to move through the acquisition system. But this piece of it is really just about the funding line. Just to step back a bit, I mean, the way DOD software is paid for is the same way that, that, that the department funds big weapon systems, tanks and airplanes and boats. You know, you start in research, development, test and evaluation. Then theoretically, you move on to procurement where you're actually buying the thing. And then once the thing is bought, you move into operations and maintenance for some period of years where you're sustaining the thing. And obviously, when you're working in the world of agile software, where you're doing continuous delivery and adding new capability all the time, that literally just doesn't make any sense. And that's where DOD wants to go. Um, but, but you know, the thinking is this old model of, of funding things is really holding the department back. So basically, they need to begin to acquire software almost as if you would buy a service as opposed to a thing that has the phases of waterfall development. Yeah, it could be as a service. It could be internal development, uh, you know, mostly led by an organic workforce. Think like the Air Force's Kessel Run team. Uh, it, it, it could be any number of, you know, actual people doing the development work. But yes, the point is, you know, you, you don't think in terms of, okay, we're planning and developing and then we're going into production and then we're sustaining the software. I mean, that, that, that model just is pretty universally thought to be outdated. It's not the way you know, corporations, it's not the way Silicon Valley builds software. And, and, and this this whole way of thinking as far as DOD goes, you, you know, you can, you can put a lot of it on the Defense Innovation Board, which did a very exhaustive software uh, study for the Defense Department last year. And their mantra is software is never done. It's right there on the front page. So that, that group led, led by 
uh, Eric Schmidt, formerly of Google, is really what got DoD's attention, I think, at these high levels to try and try and move this idea forward. And again, if the pilots prove successful and they can show to Congress that this this whole idea really does have benefits, the hope is they can get a new giant software appropriation that applies to basically all the software development that is done throughout the department. That's that's going to be you know that's going to cause some heartburn among appropriators because you know there is some benefit to having the money divvied up into three different pots from an oversight perspective. So the department's got some work to do to convince uh, Congress that there's not going to be a loss in, you know, accountability for that money. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. What was the reaction from industry when they heard this? Uh, did, you, n- nothing very visible in the room, quite frankly. It was kind of an awkward situation because uh, Ms. Lord was uh, speaking to the audience here in San Diego via phone. So everybody was kind of looking down at their tables. So very hard to gauge the reaction uh, in, in the room. But I think it's going to be embraced you know, pretty readily by, by people who are, especially non-traditional vendors who are coming to the department and wanting to develop software for use in military applications. And she's explicitly calling on help from industry and industry associations to help convince Congress that this is the right thing to do. And, and, and the military services in a lot of ways are really starting to edge their way into into this way of thinking. I mean, we mentioned Kessel Run in the Air Force. That's probably the most famous example where they're literally turning out capability, brand new software applications within a, within a period of months instead of years and at much lower cost. But we heard from the Navy here this week a really interesting discussion of, of where they're where they're trying to go and building new software capabilities for weapons systems. What they're doing is they're building what they call a digital twin of the Theodore Roosevelt strike group. So all of the systems on all of the vessels in that in that um, strike group would be replicated digitally, virtually, in a commercial cloud so that when you're developing new software, uh, you know, a, a new software application that's going to get loaded onto that ship, you can develop it and test it in this virtual environment that's an exact replica of what's actually on the ship, which would be a real game changer for the way the Navy adds new software capabilities in that in that at-sea environment. Because right now, the way you have to do it is the ship's got to be tied up at a pier during a maintenance availability. Engineers have to physically install the new software onto the systems test test that it actually works in that real hardware environment and spend you know a really long time crawling around the spaces in, in the ship this way you know you know that it's tested you know that it works because you've tested it in that virtual environment and you can just push that application out over the air and and install it in a matter of you know a day or so so it, it would you would really dramatically accelerate the way they uh, bring new software capability onto a Navy ship. Basically, then, battleship as Tesla. Yeah, more or less. I mean, that's a really good analogy. And, and the Navy's been talking about this concept for a couple years now. It's, it's under the, this banner of what they call compile the combat in 24 hours. 24 hours is probably a little aggressive. <laughs> they're definitely not there yet. But this is one of the ways that they think they're going to enable that, this whole digital twin concept. And at some point, I mean, I asked them yesterday, is there is there a point where every single vessel in the Navy has its own digital twin in the cloud? And, and the answer is yes, that's where they want to get to eventually. And, and, and the virtue of that is, you know, then anyone who's developing software for the Navy has access to that environment with proper security controls, obviously. But, I mean, that could be a traditional defense contractor. It could be a small, agile startup. It could be, you know, the Navy's own organic software development workforce. 
they could all be developing in that environment at the same time and have access to it. So it's, um, it's really some pretty interesting stuff. But yet another thing that just makes no sense if you're thinking in terms of, okay, is this research and development? Is it procurement? Is it operations and maintenance? It, it just doesn't map onto those appropriation categories very well. I guess the danger really is with a digital twin in the cloud, you have to make sure that China doesn't rob the cradle. Yeah, that's exactly right. You probably do not want just anyone to be able to see, you know, a virtualized, uh, you know, replica of, of what a what a shipboard IT environment looks like. So yeah, there are definitely some security concerns there that they they w- would need to to work through. But um, I'm sure it's doable. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out this and all of his West Conference coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.